It's Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. So glad that you're with us. Change in the front office for the Chicago Blackhawks. We turn to a longtime goaltender, NHL Network uh, analyst Kevin Weeks is with us here on ESPN 1000 to talk about the Hawks. Kevin, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Let me uh, find out first and foremost, uh, you and your family, how's everything going uh, throughout mm-hmm. this pandemic? It's, it's been tough for everybody. Yeah, I appreciate you asking, man. We're all good here in New Jersey and New York City, and uh, our families both on both sides are doing well back in Canada so and in Barbados and the Caribbean. So, yeah, man, everything is good. Fortunately, what about on your end? Uh, you know, pretty good. Um, it's just uh, it's tough. It's been a long time with this uh, quarantine in Chicago, we're one of the first ones to be quarantined uh, throughout this pandemic, but we're ha- hanging in there pretty good. It's all we can do is just uh, uh, wait it out. Absolutely. That's all you can do. That's right. Stay positive. Try and do your best to stay healthy, stay upbeat, and stay safe. Stay positive, man. That's that's the way we're approaching. I think that's that's most effective for all of us as we all can to the best of our ability. So. It's a great approach, man. Kevin, I want to reach out to you because uh, we didn't know that there was going to be some uh, tumult happening with the Blackhawks with John McDonough being let go as the head of the Chicago Blackhawks. How surprising was this move for you when you found out? I mean, I'm of two minds. I mean, I was kind of surprised from the standpoint. Obviously, we know that they've had a amazing history that they've been able to accomplish, and John was a huge part of that. He was a big part of their team and you know, a lot of times on the air. On any platform, as I'll say here, same thing on the NHL Network. I, you know, I reference it all the time. The Blackhawks established a standard of greatness, especially in the cap era. Um, them, along with the Pittsburgh Penguins, have been able to uh, to win three Stanley Cups within this window, which is incredible. It's an incredible accomplishment. The LA Kings were able to win two. So, I mean, the Hawks reestablished their brand. You know, it's it's no no real Illinois secret that. The brand was damaged and it was tarnished, which is unfortunate for such a historic generational franchise and an original six franchise in our league. But um, with the ownership takeover, Rocky and the new direction and and hiring John and hiring uh, Joel Quenville and the different components, Dan Bowman at the time, Dale Talon and some of the different coachings that they had on the staff in addition to Coach Q at the time and drafting well, developing well, uh, they built an Outstanding franchise, and John was a big part of that. He was a big part of the resurgence, reestablishing the brand, rehiring a lot of the ambassadors, be it uh, Dennis Savard, the legends of the franchise. You know, late, great Stan Makita, Bobby Hall, you name it. And even bring Chris Chelios back there right now, who's a native Chicagoan, as you know. So they did, a, they did an outstanding job. John, from a business standpoint, did an incredible job. The hockey ops did a great job, and it's unfortunate but as you know, man, one thing I do know about being around this league for 22 years now between playing and now broadcasting is change always happens. It always happens. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And, you know, for John, I'm sure he's going to have a wealth of opportunities that he's earned if uh, if he chooses to, to take advantage of some of them because they had unprecedented success here. It was an interesting hire at the time, Kevin, because – 
uh, you know the ebb and flow of the Blackhawks. There was a time where the Blackhawks mm-hmm. could even draw five, six thousand people at the United exactly. Center. It was just a, mm-hmm. a non-factor. And just uh, McDonough coming over from the Chicago Cubs as kind of like that Mad Men character, that person that knows mm-hmm. marketing, finance, always good with the handshakes at the dinner table uh, mm-hmm. with you know with uh, potential clients. I think that that was good. How how common is that in the league in which you have someone maybe not a hockey guy but someone that understands the marketing aspect because that was along with the championships um, the awareness of the Blackhawks was big and McDonough was a big part of that how how often do you see that in the league well I mean we don't see it as often probably a little bit more now than we had because hockey is very traditional not dissimilar to baseball baseball has been very traditional as well uh, and I do think that there's a lot of room for for those of us that have been involved in the game you know since playing street hockey before we got skates at five and four and six years old because we've earned that from that time till now, from grassroots till now. But there's also some room for people to come in and add their expertise and add value and elevate things. And John's a great example of that. Um, you know, Commissioner Bettman started at the NBA, learned under David Stern, and Commissioner Bettman's the longest tenured commissioner in pro sports right now in the big four. So and he's done an outstanding job too. He's a Hall of Famer, Commissioner Bettman. So I think that there's there's room for that but I think it takes some open-mindedness. And, you know, when you're open-minded, if the person has the, the intangibles that you're looking for, you know, she, he, or they, they possess those traits that you're looking for, and they resonate with you as an ownership group, then, you know, it's not about it being traditional, quote-unquote, per se. It's about it being the right hire. You want to have the right hire. You want to have the right person that can add value that can uh, that can really elevate and help deliver. And let's be honest, what the Chicago Blackhawks were doing for years, as you pointed out, was was off the mark. It really was. And for a great city like Chicago and Chicagoland, um, the second city as it's known, but a global city, international. We all know the great athletes that have played there for all sports, not just you know by way of hockey alone. And if you're learning anything by watching this last dance right now <laughs> on ESPN with MJ, who I grew up idolizing and, and still do and had the chance to attend some of his events, you know, they would have, they could have very easily said, well, nah, we're not going to draft this guy. He's from, he's from UNC. Nah, nah, man. He's, UNC. No, he's from Wilmington. Nah, forget it. No, nah, we're not drafting him. <laughs> right. They could have gone with somebody else. You know what I mean? They could have gone with somebody else. That, that could have been the thing. And, you know, the landscape of sports in the world would have been different, way different than what we know it to be now. So although it was a, Seemingly, and you're right, unconventional hire at the time. I like that step. And look at what they're doing on the Bulls side right now. Like, mm-hmm. you look in the United Center just down the hall in the other offices, there's a guy from back home in Toronto who evidently the Bulls have hired in Eversley, uh, who's going to be their new team president. You know, so, and the Bulls see that. And then also Karnasovas as well, who's their exec VP, who they just hired to play the college ball at Seton Hall. So sometimes, you know, there's always a room for tradition. There's a room for innovation, but to me, there's always a thirst for results. And whatever that mix looks like and who can help us get there, regardless as to where they're from, where they're not from, color, age, religion, race, creed, gender, I want the best of the best for the best reasons that can help us get the best results. That's the way I'd run a team, for sure. And then they come to find out that Connor Sovis is a house music guy, and house music is... I love was, house, was, too, man. Right. <laughs> hey, listen, don't mess, don't mess around. Last year, we were at... We were at a Harlem Meet'em up here in the city and mm-hmm. with Chef Marcus Samuelson, who you know, and it was buzzing. The whole place was bumping, but once the house came on, everybody went wild. 
Like everybody, I'm talking grandmas, everybody, everybody went wild once the house music came on. <laughs> and especially me for being, uh, you know, from Barbados, having Bajan parents, that uh, that house beat, it, it, it hits you in the bone. So I, I love my house, man. Little Louis Vega. I know the whole Chicago house scene. I love, <laughs> I love my house, man. Yeah, when yep. I, that was he sold me, Kevin. When I heard that, I was like, okay. I mean, not not. I mean, EDM is is one thing, but he had the house yeah. and the mixture of EDM. Like, okay, he's into right. it. So I'm like, all right. So we're gonna be good friends up here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no. That I mean that 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 era was that was incredible, man. It was incredible. So all of them, all those old house cats. I love Inner City. As I mentioned, Little Louis Vega, all of them. Every one of them. I just love that era. That's that's a great era for music, and anybody can group to that at any time. That's modern-day disco, really. That's that's the way I put it. NHL Network Analyst Kevin Weeks with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand-new ESPN Chicago app. So Hawks fans are wondering, Kevin, you know, mm-hmm. you get your, your three titles in six years, and everyone has their run, you know, and with mm-hmm. the Hawks, it was great. It was a great time, but then it just dropped off the table where they, uh, where the Hawks were not even in the playoff picture. And so mm-hmm. how, how do you analyze the good times to where it's trending in the wrong direction? Well, I'd say one thing, man. Success isn't finite, and you've got to go out and earn it every day. There's no question. We all know that. And while the Hawks were setting the pace, there's other teams that were watching. You know, other teams are saying, hey, what are the Hawks doing? Okay, hey. And, you know, everybody knows each other. Guys played with each other. They played against each other. They played together in college. They played together in junior. Some guys played together in Europe. And there aren't a lot of secrets to success, and success leads clues. So people were picking up on what the Hawks were doing, which is, you know, how the Kings came along and, kind of built their recipe and then Pittsburgh tweaked their recipe and then they were back again for two more. I think in the end, look at St. Louis last year. They could never beat the Hawks ever. They tweaked their recipe and they were able to do it. They were dead last last year in January. Dead last. I just talked to Patrick Maroon who played for them last year. St. Louis native too, who's now playing for Tampa. But um, the interesting thing about it, I think, is the Hawks, to some extent, I don't want to say they were victims of the salary cap, the salary cap was very, very challenging for them to navigate. And you had so many great players. Look at the players that aren't on the Hawks anymore that could be on other teams that could still be playing. I started with Dustin Bufflin because he was really the biggest X factor outside of Kane Taves or uh, Duncan Keith as a two-time Norris Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. Big Dustin Bufflin, I mean, if he was still there, oh, gosh. And especially if he was still playing up front, oh, my goodness. Man, so they were kind of they had to fall to the salary cap, which is difficult. And managing the cap was difficult. I would say one mistake for them, though, for me, was Artemi Panarin. And I remember how excited Stan was when he got him, because Stan told me about it during the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, weeks he watched, I'm getting this right-handed Patrick Kane named Panarin out of Russia. And then I talked to some of my boys who were over in Russia coaching the KHL, and that played there, like, you know, Chicago, when they get that guy, that guy, wait, you just wait. And sure enough, he was electric when he came. And Patrick Kane and Anisimov, that was the best line in the league. But I think not re- not resigning him was a big a big uh, a big mistake for them. I'm sure they'd want to do over. And then the other challenge, like I said, is managing the salary cap. Players get so good, they improve so much, then you can't play them uh, the same way from a compensation standpoint. Guys want to maximize their earnings, and you don't blame them. And you certainly understand that. And then guys want trades, or you know, it, it comes as a result of the organization not being able to afford them in certain instances. So that happens, and I think the biggest thing, too, was then you end up making the, the coaching change, and Carlton's a bright young coach, so he gets his opportunity, and you got to be fair. Everybody has a day one. We all have a day one. Right. you know. So for Jeremy 
and uh, and Sheldon Brookbank, who I played with in New Jersey, who's the assistant coach, and the rest of the staff, Jimmy Waite and those guys, they're at the front end of this rebuild right now. The Hawks are about six points out of a, a playoff spot in the West. They were playing really well. Corey Crawford's healthy and looks like himself once again. So they're on the come up. They've got some good pieces, but sometimes when you have to retool and you got to shuffle the deck, you got to change your ammo out. That's when that you know that little dip can take place, and that's what happened to them. But as mentioned, overall the fact that they have the three cups um, that's unprecedented for them. And I think the bigger piece is now they're young, and the great thing is they still have Hall of Famers around them. Patrick Kane's the fastest American-born player to a thousand career points, man. You know, and he's still highlight as they call him Showtime. He's still Showtime. Jonathan Taze still hasn't showed any signs of slowing down. Duncan Keith has been better of late. So they have those future Hall of Famers that are still on the roster that can help shape the young players like uh, a DeBrincat, for example. And this Dominic Kubalik who's came in and played really well this year as a rookie. So if you're looking at that core of the team that you mentioned, Keith, Taves, Kane, Crawford, Saad, I mean, that's really the core of the club mm-hmm. that were part of that championship core. You're keeping those guys, right? You know, for, because uh, ultimately it feels – it feels, uh, Kevin, like some kind of reset that they're looking at. Maybe I'm looking at it differently because McDonough's mm. let go, but I'm saying, as you mentioned, Taves and Kane in particular can still go. So uh, exactly. are, you resetting the, are you resetting the organization, or are you looking to get younger? You know, I'm, I'm looking at right now for the best players available in the window. And the fact that you have a Jonathan Taves, the fact that you have a Patrick Kane, and you've got you know Duncan Keith still playing on your first pair, on, on the back end, and you have Crow in the net and Corey Crawford, those are contending pieces. Those are championship pieces. So now you draft Kirby Doc last year out of Saskatoon. That kid's got a lot of skill. I think he can be a player. Um, you still have DeBrinket, who's super young, now going into what, now in his third year, excuse me, really as a young guy still, who scores, even though he had a little dip in his production this year. But And then uh, on top of that, you start bringing in some of the young defensemen on the back end, and I like where they're going. But I would be looking at the best players available right now, and if it fits into my cost structure, I, I wouldn't be afraid to add them because you know that they've got great ownership in, uh, in Rocky and the Works family. Um, you know that they're willing to spend the money on the right pieces, regardless of age, just the right pieces that fit at the right time and the right roles. You know that you have that with ownership. And that's one thing. When you've got great ownership, I just spoke to Bill Foley, who holds the Vegas Golden Knights. He's the, their majority owner. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, whoa, what happened to Vegas? I remember talking to him backstage, Bill Foley, after the expansion draft in Vegas at their brand-new arena, T-Mobile. We see, here's how we're going to play. This is our identity. I went to West Point. I'm a West Point grad. We're going to have West Point colors. We're going to never retreat, never give up. This, 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 this. That's exactly what they've become. And in the first year, they blew it out of the water, Vegas did, right? by going to Stanley Cup final. That was unprecedented in all of pro sports. So I'm just saying that to draw the parallel between Vegas with that type of ownership. The Hawks do have that type of ownership as well. And when you have good ownership, at least that gives you, you know, as a manager and, and in running the hockey department or the business department in whatever role, that gives you the resources that you need to be successful. You know, you don't have to haggle. And that's one good thing, I think, for the Hawks fans and, and just from talking to players and different staff on that team it's a first-class organization. They treat everybody first-class. The resources are there. So now it's just a matter of getting some more of the right pieces to add to the puzzle. I don't think all is lost. 
they're a lot closer than people think. And anytime you have those four horsemen that they have there, you got a chance. So you see the way that they played in the back half of the season. Mm-hmm. They played much better. You know, I look at them right now and sitting at 72 points or six points back on Nashville um, and tied with Vancouver, who had 78 points. So too does Nashville. So the Hawks are only six points back. It's it's not. It's, it's at a tall order. Yes. But I think that they're a lot closer than people think. Okay, so I got you on record saying don't trade the core, just add to the core. That's what I you're would saying, add to right? the core because okay. here's 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 the thing: it's your cost of replacement, right? At least for now, because we're we're looking at right now today. And what's your cost of replacement? Can you replace a Patrick Kane? Where are you finding that? What pieces are you going to get in exchange for that? So, I don't know. Even if you get two first round picks for him, how much further along is your squad, right? Mm-hmm. And Patrick Kane still has a lot of runway. He hasn't had a lot of injuries. He's been durable for the majority of his career. He's highly, he's still highly productive. And, you know, Patrick Kane, you, you add him, you look at Taze, you add him, no real drop-off in his game. You know what he's going to give you. The bigger the game, the bigger he plays. He's won at everything, uh, going back to college and then going back to the World Juniors, Olympic gold, World Championship gold, like you name it, <laughs> World Cup of Hockey gold. So those guys are tough to come by. Even Duncan Keith, those guys are tough to come by. I know Seabrook's injured right now, and he's taking a lot of flack. But when you do have those young players, here's one thing that's important, is you don't want just anybody around them because you're, they're impressionable, right? And right. you want the right guys like the aforementioned players that show those guys what it is, how it is to live, how it is to conduct yourself, how do you come to the rink, how do you present yourself when you come to the rink. Um, you know, how you train, how you recover post-game, post-game workout, all the different nuances that make those guys, at least three of them anyway, future Hall of Fame locks. So when you can impart that on your young players, that's invaluable. Because <laughs> a great example, again, going back to the last dance, you saw the way that Jordan was able to shape that team. You saw it. Mm-hmm. You saw that mentality. You saw it. Okay, listen, I'm getting with, And I just spoke, in fact, I just had Tim Grover on my show on Instagram Live. So you fans, make sure you check us out. Check me out on my Instagram Live at Kev Weeks. But um, I just had Tim Grover on. We, we spoke last week. We talked for an hour. And for those of you that may or may not know, Chicagoland guy, trainer to MJ, the late, great Kobe Bryant. Dwayne Wade was also from there. And I've had conversations with Tim, and Tim talked about it, and you saw it in the show. You saw it in the last dance. So when you have those types of competitors – and consummate professionals that are hyper-detailed about being a pro, that's what you need in your, in your dressing room. That's what you need in the practice facility. That's what you need on the plane. That's what you need on the bus. And that's why, that's why I'd be hesitant to trade any one of those guys. Kevin Weeks, NHL Network Analyst with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. A couple of things, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. Crawford earlier, and mm-hmm. I thought that, okay, 35, 36, if you want to get younger in the net, I have no problem with that. I liked Leonard. Leonard brought yeah, Leonard every- was nice. He, Leonard played real well. He just he played real well. He, he's he's yep. such, a, such a character, too. You put the yeah, light on funny. him, and he just he talks for an hour. And he's, uh-huh. he was always interesting. He goes to uh, Vegas and... Yes, correct. He, so he, you know, I didn't like what he said once he got to Vegas. He thought that the Blackhawks short changed him uh, financially because he's going to say speak his mind. I mean, it's Leonard, so he's going to say what he wants. I just sure. thought that he was going to be the future um, in goal for for the Hawks. He was not. So I'll ask you about Subban because he's out of this part of this club as mm-hmm. well. Could he be the future behind Crawford and goal? You know what, man? I've known Malcolm since he was young, and his older brother PK came to my hockey camp back home in Toronto when he was four. 
So uh, what I would say is Malcolm has all the talent in the world. I just spoke to Malcolm's goalie coach that he works with in the offseason, uh, who's back in Toronto. He's Pittsburgh's assistant goalie coach in Andy Kyoto. And we just talked, you're psychic, because we literally just talked about this yesterday and the day before. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm in agreement in that. Malcolm has all the talent in the world, tons of skill, great athleticism. And I mean that in terms of flexibility. He's fast, quick, explosive when he needs to be. And I think this is a great opportunity for Malcolm there in Chicago because same thing. He can get in behind Corey Crawford, learn from a guy that's won, learn from a guy that's a good pro who was doubted, who was uh, second-guessed, and who had to earn everything, who played in the minors and did the whole, the whole bit and came out triumphant as, as a multi-Stanley Cup champion. And their goalie coach, Jimmy Waits, great at what he does. So I think Malcolm has the talent to take his game to the next level. I, I firmly believe that there will be an opportunity if he stays in Chicago for him to play some more games. And I know this for a fact. Playing goal is like playing golf. If you don't play, you can't be that good, especially when you're young. Because when you're young, you need the reps. And it's such a feel-intuitive position, right? Mm-hmm. So all of that to say, if you look at Malcolm's split, you look at when he played when the great Marc-Andre Fleury was injured, and you looked at Malcolm's numbers versus when he would kind of spot in, spot, spot out, spot in and out. And his spot, his starts, excuse me, were a little more spotty. They weren't as consistent. Then you saw a different performance. And I, I just think for him now, he just needs to go all in on his game, all in on, uh, on working on his craft. And, you know, I, I use this example, put some Patrick Kane or Duncan Keith or Jonathan Tate or Jordan or, Kobe, the late, great Kobe, God bless his soul. Put some of that into your craft now. You know, if you've done a lot before, do more in terms of, in terms of working on your game and repetitions and things of that nature. So Malcolm has a talent. I really think, I've said that from the beginning. I've known him since he's a kid. I just think that for Malcolm, the biggest thing for him now is just to push that, push that a little bit harder, turn the dial up a little bit more, invest in his game a little bit more. And he's come a long way, but I still think there's there's some runway for him to take his game to the next level for sure. Kev, I'm glad you spent some time with us. Uh, interesting times for the Blackhawks. And uh, uh, when it's time, whenever it's time, we'll have hockey <laughs> back on the ice. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to rush it. Let's get healthy first, <laughs> and uh, let's see when hockey returns. Yeah, no, no. I appreciate you taking the time, and, and thanks for having me on, man. Thanks to all the Hawks fans. Uh, I know how passionate they are, and I know how many of you watch us on the NHL Network. and. As I mentioned, tune into my live, my Instagram at at, uh, at Kev Weeks, and I've got different guests on, not only from hockey, but different sports all around the world. So make sure you tune in. And everybody, more importantly, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay positive for you and your family and your loved ones. Kev, thank you so much, my friend. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. Let's do it again. All right. It's Kevin Weeks, NHL Network Analyst with me, Jonathan Hood. You're listening to Under the Hood right here on ESPN 1000.